Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. The 21st verse, I'm going to read it and then we'll get into the preaching today. I want to read this from the English Standard Version just because I I like the clarity of it for what we have to talk about today, but you can look it up in, in your own Bible. Proverbs 19 and 21, it says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I want to I talk about our plan, God's purpose. Our plan, God's, God's purpose today. Amen? Amen? It's perfect what God has already done here this morning. Amen? It flows perfectly with what this message is, is really about. Amen? But God bless you. You may be seated. Tell someone you love them. I read a quote, a man said, life is what happens to us while we are making other plans. Life is what happens while we are making other plans. And while the, the uh, quote is not of a spiritual context, but when I read that quote, I, my mind immediately connected it to Jesus saying, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So in that quote, my thought process is the life more abundantly that Jesus has for us. That is what can happen. Amen. That is what we're looking for as long as our plans don't mess it up. Amen. Today I want to take us beyond plans. And I want us to examine purpose in life. I have found at this stage of my ministry that one of the things that God has allowed me to be a part of is helping people find purpose in their life. I am filled with joy. It is a wondrous thing when somebody begins to discover that there is a God purpose for their life when they begin to realize that there is more to life than what they've been living, that there is a greater plane by which they can walk in and live in, and that their life can have tremendous meaning and value. The Bible is not a book of man's best laid plans. We can never assume that a good plan is all that we need. Amen? If I assume that a good plan is all that I need, then I am uh, not considering the miraculous. If I'm just following my plan, I'm not 
considering what God can do. I'm not considering and making room for God activity when I'm making the plans in my own human nature. I'm not, not to say that all that, it, uh, 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 that a plan is a bad idea. It's just that a purpose is better. Somebody say a purpose is better. I'm not against planning. I'm not against the idea of a plan. For the last several weeks, we've been working on our calendar and our vision for 2022. Yeah, we're, we're already thinking about that stuff around here. And we've been working on that and, 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 and praying about that and discussing that. This weekend, our leadership team met Friday night and Saturday, and we cast vision, and yes, we, we made plans. And we know that every service that we have and every event that we have and everything that we put, amen, on the calendar has to have been thought out, and we want it to be thought out, and we want to use wisdom in that. But our goal is not to plan plan just so that we can fulfill the plan. That's not the goal. Our goal is to plan to our best ability and then to step back uh, and see God do what God is able to do. Uh, I'm telling you, we walked in here this morning uh, with a plan, but what you just experienced a couple minutes ago uh, is what happens when you're around a group of believers that say, we have a plan, uh, but we really want God's purpose to come to pass in this place today. Uh, we can throw the rest of the plan out the window, whatever God wants to do. Let God be God. Oh, clap your hands and shout unto God, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Romans, the eighth chapter and the 28th verse, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Everybody say purpose. According to his purpose. I, I can produce a plan that sounds good to me, but I'd rather be in the purpose that God has for me. Amen. Amen. I would rather be in God's purpose. Things work together when I love God. Things work together when I'm living his purpose for my life. If it's just my plan, uh, uh, there's not a high percentage that things are going to work out uh, all the time. But when God's purpose is number one priority in my life, uh, I know that all things work together for good uh, because I'm walking in the purpose of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Paul was a prisoner on a ship that was sailing to Italy. They stopped in a place called Sidon. The wind forced them to sail around Cyprus, and they landed at Myra in Lycia. There they changed ships. They took Paul, the prisoner, for one ship. They put him on another ship, and they made terribly slow progress for many days after that. They were forced to travel the coast until they stopped eventually at a place called Fair Havens. Their journey so far had been a treacherous one. Nothing was really working out. They were never really able to launch out into the deep. They were having to stick close to the shore because of the storms and the winds that were out on the open sea. They were making very slow progress because every time they tried to go, the wind was contrary to them. It had been very treacherous. They had not been able to stay the course. As men of the sea, they knew that the time was bad for sailing. They were aware 
that the danger was multiplied unto them in that season. And at this point, they come upon a place that the Bible calls fair havens. It was exactly what they needed in the moment. It was the answer to their problem that they were facing directly. And on top of that, Paul says to them in Acts chapter 27, 9 through 10, he says, now when time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because of the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Now he's the prisoner on the ship. He's not the captain of the ship, but he is there. And he admonishes the crew. He admonishes the captain. He admonishes anyone that will listen to him. He said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt. I perceive that it will be with much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Now, I find this very interesting. Paul was no stranger to being on boats, but Paul was not a captain. Paul was not a sailor. We associate him with being on a lot of ships because of his missionary journeys. But Paul was a tent maker by trade. He was not skilled in the work of the seas and navigation. So why should anyone listen to what Paul has to say about sailing in bad weather? Why would anybody care about what he has to say? Or furthermore, why does Paul even speak up in this moment? It's not an over-spiritual statement that he's making. He doesn't say that God spoke to me and said we were going to run into a storm. He doesn't say I've just come from prayer and I need to tell you that an angel has come to me and told me that we're, our lives are going to be put in risk. Paul simply says unto them, I perceive that this voyage is not going to go well. I don't like what I'm seeing. The ship could be hurt. Our own lives could be lost. I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about why would anybody listen to Paul to speak about such a situation. When I remembered 2 Corinthians 11, when Paul is talking about some of the things that he has gone through in his lifetime. And he says, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. This poor guy has been shipwrecked three times. Most theologians will tell you that the shipwreck that's about to come in the story we're talking about today will actually be the fourth time that the Apostle Paul was on a ship that wrecked at sea. He says, not only was I shipwrecked, but I spent a night and a day have I been in the deep. He says, and journeying is often, but then what, look what he goes back to it, in perils of water. And he talks about perils of robbers and perils by my own countrymen and perils by heathen and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea. He goes back to it again. And perils among false brethren and weariness and painfulness and watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and in nakedness. Let me tell us something here today. It wasn't that Paul was a lifelong man of the sea or that he had been a captain of a boat in his past. He's just been shipwrecked before. He's been shipwrecked three times already, and he knows something that maybe they don't know. 
He knows that there's danger when you try to sail in bad weather. He knows that when men try to push things ahead that they shouldn't be pushing, you can get yourself in trouble. He says, my own countrymen have hurt me, and I've spent a night in the day in the deep. I've been perils of waters. That word waters actually means rivers and lakes. And he says, I've been perils of sea. Uh, amen. That means the, oh, the sea uh, that he traveled over. He's like, you know what? It's a dangerous thing to mess around uh, with traveling in water when you're not sure that it's going to be safe. Uh, he knew that good intentions and people's plans don't always work out. Oh, hallelujah. He's telling them that not only could the ship be sunk, but their lives could be lost. He's telling them, listen, I know I'm not a captain. I, I, I know I'm just a prisoner. I, I know you, you, you're great and you're wonderful and you're real good at what you do. But, but I also know that you don't want to be in Fair Havens because Fair Havens is not near any major city. And Fair Havens is a place that you could spend a few days, but you can't winter there. And we know that you're trying to get to, to Italy because you've got a boat full of goods and you're trying to make that paycheck and you can't stop here. And I know you you got a lot of reasons why uh, you want to go. Uh, but Paul's saying, I don't think your judgment is quite right. Uh, I don't think you're thinking clearly. Uh, that's a storm out there. Uh, that's trouble out there. Uh, I know it's your plan. Uh, I know it's your idea. And I know you're just going to try to force it through. But you need to listen to me. I've been shipwrecked before. I know what I'm talking about. I may not know how to navigate the ship, but I know what it feels like to be holding on to broken pieces of a boat. I know your plan is your plan. but Maybe we shouldn't do it right now. Nevertheless, Acts 27 and 11, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Did the master of the ship have an authority complex? Possibly. Did the owner of the ship have financial reason to get to Italy? Sure. Whatever the reason, the man who knew God, he was ignored. And instead, they listened to the men who knew the sea. What we learn is that many ships have been sunk that were captained by those who knew the sea. Many ships have been sunk by captains who knew the sea. I have a recommendation for your life today. Why don't you get to know the one who controls the sea? When it comes to your life and your family and your relationships and your children and your future, do you really want to just put your hope and trust uh, in your own plans? Or would you want to get a hold of the one who holds the world in his hands? Would you want to get a co connected to the one who knows tomorrow as much as we know yesterday? I've come to declare to somebody today, uh, plans are all right, uh, but purpose is better. Uh, man's plans can do a little bit, but God's purpose is what your soul is seeking after. God's purpose is what your heart longs for. God's purpose is what you're dying to find in your life oh hallelujah they stick to the plan they force the issue 
And Acts 27 and 12 says, And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. Fair haven was a good place for them to be, to ride out the storm. It protected them from the current direction of the storm. It's true that it was not a good place for them to spend the winter. It was not a good place for them to have to spend the next several months because it was not near a big city. It was not near all of the things that they would need. But it was the safest place for them to stay until the storm blew over. Amen. Sometimes you just got to take what's being offered to you. We had a funny thing happen around here yesterday. We were here for the baby shower. And Brother Kenny walks up to me and he says, there's chickens in the parking lot. <laughs> and I, I thought there was like a punchline coming I was like, I don't, I don't even know what you're saying right now, Brother Kenny. There's chickens in the parking lot. He says, I was out there, and there's chickens walking around. I was like, well, if there's chickens in the parking lot, I got to go out and see what's, I mean, this is, this is almost as good as the Easter Sunday Easter Sunday, when I showed up early to church and went to unlock the front doors at the old building, some of you remember those doors at the front building, an old building, and I, Easter Sunday morning, 8.30 in the morning, I go to unlock the front door, and there's a rabbit sitting there looking through the, the door. <laughs> On Easter. Never saw it before, never saw it after. But that bunny decided to be right there. I mean, he was on the top step right up next to the glass. <laughs> so when I hear chickens in the parking lot, I think, I got to go see what's going on, chickens in the parking lot. And we walked out there, and to be honest with you, we walked around a couple of vehicles, and I didn't see any chickens, and I was starting to look at Kenny like, You chickens, right? You said chickens. But then all of a sudden, there they were. Two chickens just walking around. And uh, we don't really know. We kind of came up with what we think happened. There was an old pickup truck that somebody left in the parking lot. And uh, it was there all day. I don't know when it came. It was there all day. But every time I would get close to the chickens, they would run over to that pickup truck, they would run underneath it, and they would jump up underneath, inside the cavity of that truck. And I'm going to tell you what I think happened now. I'm not a farmer. I've never raised chickens. So I'm kind of like Paul. I don't really have a reason to be speaking on this subject. But I think that that cold wind started to blow yesterday. And I think that that snow started to fall yesterday, and wherever that truck originated, I think those chickens jumped up underneath that truck to get out of the weather. And then they took a ride. <laughs> and the next thing they know, they found themselves at Connect Point United Pentecostal Church.
Now, you may not have planned to be here today, and you may just be realizing, am I at church right now? (laughs) But I'm telling you, God's purpose is better than your plan. God's purpose is... (laughs) It's better than your plan. You may just be waking up to the fact that you're sitting in a church today. Hello, nice to meet you. Glad that you're here. <laughs> There's chickens in the parking lot. They got an unexpected ride to the house of God. Fair Haven wasn't commodious. That's what he says. It's not commodious. You know what that means? It means it's not convenient. It's not comfortable. We don't want to stay here. We know it's a safe place. We know we got here unharmed, and we know there's a storm out there. But it's not convenient. It's not comfortable. This is the problem that we get ourselves into. We really like our plans. We really do. I mean, we're just geniuses, aren't we? We just come up with the best plans. We like our plans. And the other thing that humans have struggled with is, is we want the end. We want, we want to finish. We want to complete the task, get done with the journey, get to the destination, whatever. We're, we're always trying to, to, to get this current thing done so much that we fail to stay in the fair havens that God has given us. So much that we, God, in his mercy and his grace, he brings us to a place where there is shelter. He brings us to a place where there is safety. But our plans are saying, well, this isn't really convenient for me. And this isn't really comfortable for me. And this isn't really what I was wanting to do. And so we'll launch out into the deep in time of storm. Instead of staying in the purpose of God. See, some people are choosing to die in their plan than to survive in God's purpose. What was the great deciding factor for them? He says, the more part advised that we depart. You know what that means? That means they took a vote. And the majority said, we, we want to set sail. Human thinking and wisdom. People with personal agendas and motives. They left their lives up to a majority vote. We live in an age where everyone gets a say except God. I got to be honest with you today, if you're a guest here today, I'm not your pastor, so you can just ignore this next statement. But I got to be honest with you today. It is concerning to me how many sources we will go to before we go to God. It is concerning to me how many people we will talk to, uh, how many websites we will look up information on, how many so-called professionals uh, we will seek advice from uh, before we will simply just say, God, uh, what do you want from my life? I've come to tell somebody today, you're overcomplicating the whole situation. You have a God uh, who loved you enough to die on Calvary and is powerful enough to rise again on the third day, and yet he has not forgotten 
forgotten about you and he still loves you as much as he loves me in the whole world. Why would you go to somebody else when you've got a God who says, I've got purpose for your life. I've got purpose for your life. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody gets to say except God. Who are we to know the purpose of God without even asking him? Who are we to speak of the future and make plans outside of God's will and our limited knowledge and our limited understanding? And then we see what little they needed to actually launch into the deep. This whole story speaks to humanity. And since we're all human here today, I hope we're paying attention. This is what little they needed to launch out into the deep. They took a vote. And then in Acts 27, 13, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. You see, when you've got your mind already made up, any little thing can convince you that you're right. God could have a mound of evidence telling you no. But if you've already got your mind made up and your plan is already in place, it doesn't take much for you to just do what you want to do. It doesn't take much when you've convinced yourself that you're correct. It doesn't take much to push you out of God's purpose. In Acts 27 and 14. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. This was what was, is called a northeaster. This is hurricane force winds. Hurricane force winds directly on the heels of a soft southerly breeze directly on the heels of what they supposed to be their purpose. But God had brought them to a place of safety. God had brought them to a place of protection, a place of fair haven. But because their plans were that they didn't want to stay there, as soon as a little soft wind blew, they said, oh, we've got good purpose. Let's get on the boat and let's launch out into the deep. But not long after. Can I tell somebody here today, the devil knows how to mimic a soft wind. The devil knows how to mimic purpose. The devil knows how to mimic this is what you're looking for. This is the answer. This is what you've been trying to figure out. This is your plan. But you better have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because you could jump a man all in on a plan because of a soft wind. But then all of a sudden you find yourself in a hurricane. You better get a relationship with Jesus. You better get in an altar and pray about that thing, sir. You better, don't just talk about it with your buddies. Don't just make a pros and cons list. Get on your face before God and say, God, what is your purpose? What do you want from me? What are we supposed to do? What is your purpose for my life? Oh, hallelujah. They ran right into hurricane force winds. 
they attempted to sail directly into it because that's what people who have a plan but not a purpose will do. Oh, hallelujah. I wish we'd quit trying to show off for God. Oh, I can do it. I got this. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't got this. You're about to figure out just how badly you don't got this. But they sail right into it. They're spun around. They're driven by the wind. They lose all control over their ship. You see, personal plans that do not include the purpose of God are the best way for your life to get out of control. Oh, hallelujah. You want to get out of control? You want to see what chaos feels like? You just do what you want to do all the time and don't ever see what God wants you to do. They have no direction. They have no ability to navigate. They have no control over the speed at which they are traveling, and they cannot even see at what's in front of them. The supplies that they had meticulously planned out for the journey, they throw those supplies overboard to lighten the ship. The tackling that they literally needed to run the ship, to direct the ship, they throw that stuff to the bottom of the sea uh, to lighten the ship uh, and, and to try to spare their own lives. Uh, in Acts 27 and 20, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Oh, hallelujah. All hope was gone. The first day, they, the wind struck them. The second day, they spent trying to get a control of the ship. The third day, uh, they were thinking, we, maybe we can still survive this situation. But after the third day, the Bible just says, and then many days passed uh, where they didn't see the sun, uh, and they didn't see the stars, uh, and they didn't know where they were, uh, and a hurricane was upon them, uh, and they had no control over what was going on. And after many days of that, all hope was gone. They abandoned any, any hope of survival. You see, this is the result. I need you to hear this preacher today. It's the result of our human plans. The storm kept on and time passed them by and all hope of salvation was taken away. That's where you're going to end up if it's just about your plans and not about God's purpose. But there's something special about the story. It's not just a story about a bunch of people who die at sea. The men on the ship didn't know it, but they had a guarantee of life on board with them. Because amid their, their failing plans, there was purpose also on board. Good for them. It wasn't just the captain's plans, but there was also God's purpose on the ship with them. 
It saved their lives. That it wasn't just their best laid plan, but God's purpose was also walking amongst them on the ship. Acts 27, 21, 25. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. And he said, sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. I like that verse because it points out the humanity of Paul. Paul says, uh, first off, I told you so. (laughs) Paul says, I have a couple things to say. You're going to want to hear what I say. Uh, An angel spoke to me, but before we get to that, I told you this wasn't going to work out. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Whose I am and whom I serve. He said, I know I got on this ship. I'm a prisoner, so I didn't have anything to do with the plans. But I got on this ship knowing that I do have a purpose because I know whose I am and I know who I serve. I know that though you don't care about me, there is a God in heaven who controls the sea and he cares about me and I'm on this ship. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling somebody today, there's something precious and special and peaceful about being on board with the one who can step out and say, peace, be still. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. He says, Paul, you're a prisoner. Most people would think that you don't have any control over anything that's happening right now. But actually, this entire story, it's Paul. It's Paul. He's the reason why everything's under control. Because the angel says, God has already determined you're going to get before Caesar. Which means you can't die today. Oh, hallelujah. Has anybody got any purpose in your life? You got any purpose in your life that woke you up this morning that lets you know I can't die today because I've got purpose for my life. This can't be the end for me because I got purpose for my life. I got some promises from my Lord that he said I'm going to see them come to pass. I've been in prayer and I got some promises and I got some purpose and God told me this was going to come to pass in my life. So do whatever you want to do, devil, but you can't kill me today because I'm living in the purpose of the almighty God. Oh, we got some people in the sanctuary today that should have been dead a long time ago. The car accident should have took you. The overdose should have took you. The alcohol should have took you. The gun should have took you. Suicide should have took you. Oh, hallelujah. But oh my God, he had a purpose for my life. And though the devil tried with all of his might, the devil couldn't kill me because I was walking. Because I had purpose. I wish you would lift your hands and shout unto God for about 10 seconds. I wish somebody would give God some praise. I'm still here, devil. I'm still here, devil. I'm still here, devil. I'm living my purpose. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Oh, hallelujah. God hath given you all of those that sail with you. Can I tell somebody in this house today, when you get your life in the purpose of God, it affects those around you. Come on, daddy, hear me today. I need some daddy to hear me, some father to hear me. You get your life in the purpose of God, and you, you start watching how it affects your family. You hear me? Come on, mama. Get your life in the purpose of God. Come on, single parent. You get your life in the purpose of God, and you start to see how it affects everything around you. Uh, you care about your coworker. You care about your neighborhood. Uh, you get your life in the purpose of God, and you'll start to see it have an effect uh, on everywhere you go and every person you touch uh, and every life you communicate with. When you've got purpose. Oh, hallelujah. Thou must be brought to see it. God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Paul, I suppose he stood up. It seems like it was hard, but it just seems like if you're going to say something like that, you got to stand up to say it. But he may have been like this. Listen to me, guys. First of all, I told you so. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's how it was. Or maybe the moment was so miraculous that Paul just stood there while everything that could be shaken was shaking all around him. I don't know. But he says, God has given. Every life on this ship is going to be saved. Because there's purpose on board. But you notice what it said earlier? It said the lives would be saved. Nothing would be lost except the ship. Mm. Except the ship. The ship was going down. Everything that didn't have eternal value, everything created by man's hands was going to find itself in the bottom of the sea. We really know of only one piece of the ship that does anything good. It's the one that the Apostle Paul grabs a hold of. The broken, fragmented piece of a ship. A piece of wood that is directed by God to be right next to Paul when it's his turn to finally jump or fall into the raging waters. The cold, raging waters envelop him and the darkness is still all around him and the wind is howling and Paul is I don't even know where the shore is 
I don't even know what direction to go. And his hand falls upon a broken piece of the ship. And he just grabs it and rides it to the island and onto the shore. Perhaps that's how all the rest of them got there. But they all got there. Because purpose got there. Because God said, even when your plans are torn apart and there's nothing left, purpose remains when plans are destroyed. I'm not telling you don't ever plan. I'm telling you that the foundation of every plan in your life should be the purpose of God. What does God want for me? What does God want me to do? Where does God want me to be? The purpose of God. I feel like today there, there might be some people in the house that are in the midst of failing plans. I'm not come to rebuke you today. I'm not come to talk down to you in any way at all. On the contrary, sir and ma'am, I've come to lift you up and tell you that there is purpose in this place for you. That the God of purpose is waiting for you in these altars today. And you may get up here in the middle of your plan thinking, well, it seems to be going okay. Or you may have just taken some of the first steps in the plan and said, well, this is what we want to do and how we want to do it. Or you may ride a broken piece of the ship up here and just barely get here. But I'm come to tell you, purpose is in the house for every person in this place. Purpose is in the house. God is not done with you yet. You hear this preacher today? I've come under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and authorized by God to tell everyone that will hear me, God is not done with you yet. Stand with me if you would, please. of the story you can find out that the apostle Paul ends up having a miracle happen in his own life and then he's used of God to bring the miraculous to the people who live on the island this unknown island with people living on it who may have never heard the gospel message but because of what happened that day they heard the gospel message you can look at it and you can see that while everyone else is playing checkers, God's always playing chess. He's, he's got so much stuff going on that we can't even comprehend, that we couldn't even possibly understand. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Would you lift your hands to the Lord right now? God's not done with you yet, sir. God's not done with you yet, ma'am. hallelujah in the name of Jesus God wants to show himself miraculous in someone's life today but you're going to have to let God be God 
God wants to show someone how his miraculous power. He wants to bring some deliverance into your life. He wants to speak strength and peace into your life today. I believe there's miraculous physical healing available in this place today. Amen. God is ready to do it. But I'm telling you one last time, you got to let go and let God. You got to get your hands off of that. You got to get off of it. Hallelujah. Amen. And let the Lord have his way today and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my plan, but your purpose for my life. Lift your hands and begin to talk to Jesus right now. Just your own words from your own heart. Doesn't have to be fancy or special. Just speak to the Lord. Lord God in heaven, we need you today. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.